So I didn't post a podcast yesterday, um, in part because I was kind of wrestling with what to talk about. Um, and uh, what I was kind of mulling over was something of a response to an article that uh, was put out recently by a, a very well-known pastor um, who um, wrote an article about, with, with sort of a mindset toward persuading Christians to consider how we vote, uh, and in particular kind of a bent against voting for a particular candidate for president uh, because uh, of, of sort of a trademark arrogance that, uh, that this particular candidate exudes. Probably doesn't take a lot of imagination to think of who that might be, but um, yeah, I read the article uh, twice actually, and uh, um, you know, I, I without I'm not trying to throw my hat in the ring per se, but um, I wanted to just take a few minutes, and this will be brief today, um, uh, because my mindset, my mind and heart toward this podcast is one of discipleship, which means that. Uh, I want to devote the time that I spend uh, speaking in these things and sharing and uh, opening the word and, and talking about the various topics that we talk about uh, with the attitude that and the mindset that our Christian lives are not compartmentalized. You know, we're not at church on Sunday and then somehow very different on Monday or on Super Tuesday or on Election Tuesday or any of those kind of things. But rather, our Christian biblical worldview uh, is something that should flood, pervade our entire lives, every part of it. Uh, not just, again, uh, sort of the spiritually minded Sundays, but our workday on Monday, uh, every part of our lives, really. Uh, we are Christians all the time as believers, as followers of Jesus. And so therefore, it should have some, have, it should have some bearing on every part of our lives. And so um, having read this article and having kind of thought through the implications that this particular pastor had uh, put through there, I, I found myself disagreeing with a lot of it, um, understanding kind of where, the, where, where he's coming from on some things. But it, it struck me as, as uh, you know, and, and who am I to critique? I won't mention the pastor's name because it's not my intention to, to speak badly about anybody. But you, know, you may have read this article and in talking about it, you may know what I'm talking about in that. But my intention is not to bring somebody down because I think there's Christian liberty and how we vote and what we think and all these kinds of things. And so I'm not, you know, besides who am I? You know, no one knows who I am. So it's it, my, my view isn't going to have any far-reaching impact anyway. But it's um, but as I read the article, I couldn't help thinking that the truth of the matter is, is that there is arrogance pervasive on both sides, uh, both platforms. You know, we might point at, and I'll just come out and say, President Trump, you know, is uh, clearly, um, you know, arrogant. Uh, he has said and done many things that make me cringe. You know, I don't, uh, I don't like a lot of things about the uh, the way he's said things, or you know, you may not like his tweeting and stuff like that. I. There's a lot of his tweets I kind of wish he hadn't sent. Um, um, and, and so, you know, it's pretty easy. He's a pretty easy target for, for pointing at and saying, well, this is not a godly attitude. And on top of that, even to go further, uh, when questioned about ideas like repentance or uh, acknowledging that, um, you know, that he's done anything wrong, he tends to really bristle at that idea and goes to lengths to really not uh, embrace the idea that, uh, you know, to, about repenting for anything. And so it's, um, you know, and, and frankly, I don't, I don't harbor any illusions that he's some kind of on fire or even, uh, 
or even kind of you know secret Christian or something. I think he's a businessman. I think he's uh, uh, used to being in charge. I think there's a lot of things that make up his personality. But I'm not one of these that tries to to, to find ways to demonstrate that he's a believer. I don't really think he is, and that's just my my view. I don't know his heart and all that. And for any of you who are always Trumpers, I'm sure that sounds terrible. But but on the other hand, if I if I sort of assume he's a believer and he's not, I may be less prone to pray for his salvation. Whereas if I don't believe he is, then I'm more prone to pray for his salvation. But that being said, getting back to the question of arrogance and that, uh, I think it's extremely short-sighted to not recognize uh, that both sides are guilty of arrogance. It's not just candidate President Trump, but think about the arrogant uh, rejection of God on the other side, the arrogant rejection uh, uh, of, of, well, not rejection, but the the arrogant embracing of of, plat- of a platform that uh, that would justify killing babies in the birth canal, um, you know, when, when when you consider the two parties, neither one has the market cornered on righteousness, and neither one has uh, you know has found a way to sort of navigate not being arrogant about things. Both are very guilty of of both of those things. And so I'll just share something I've actually shared many times. We've talked about this um, a number of times in this political season, and it's come up before, even prior to you know the, these last days of the uh, leading up to the election. But when we vote, and Christians should vote, Christians should vote with an informed mind, uh, and we should consider the platforms of the candidates that we vote for, not just the personality of the candidate themselves. Certainly Joe Biden is not as arrogant sounding as Donald Trump, Um, but that doesn't mean that what he stands for is any more right uh, than than any other candidate. And so we have to look at the platforms as we vote, and we have to apply a biblical worldview to these things. Um, You know, uh, one one particular, you know, the, the Democratic platform, for example, uh, believes very strongly in, uh, in in standing for what is called a woman's right to choose. Well, I think that's a very short-sighted perspective because why shouldn't everybody have a right to choose, including the child in the womb? It's not a it's not a, a, a full belief in a right to choose. It's a very partial view of a right to choose. Uh, there is. Um, you know, there there is a complete disregard for the genuine reality that there's a separate person with separate DNA inside the womb there that it, that someone else is deciding to snuff out. And so um, that's something that the Democratic platform supports vehemently. Um, by contrast, the Republican Party is very pro-life, generally speaking. Not that every single person in either party is all in on those platforms, but the platform itself is what it is. And it's not hard to look that up. It's There's no no ambiguity about that. It's not like you can't find those things out. Um, and it's not even just that abortion is the only thing that's that's a, uh, an issue. I mean, there's all kinds of things all the way up and down the list. And so, and, and my, my point here is not to get on a big gigantic thing like that. But we do have to think much more about how we vote and what's important to us and what we're ultimately supporting beyond the personality of the candidate who's at the top of the ticket. 
Uh, I'm not telling you who to vote for. I've, I've mentioned this before. I tutor a government class, and at the very outset of the class, I tell the students that you, your grade does not ride upon whether or not you agree with me in your voting or, or your political perspective. My only intention is that you learn how to think through issues so that when you vote, you vote intelligently and not just based on some small little surface-based kind of a thing. Um, is arrogance a small thing? Not necessarily. But, you know, we all know the scripture says that, you know, righteousness exalts a nation and sin is a reproach to any people. Well, if we believe that all sin is bad, okay, sure, fair enough. But we ought also to recognize that not all sin has the same immediate consequence as other sins. In other words, if we just even just talk about the issues just that I brought up just now, um, Donald Trump's being arrogant is bad but it doesn't have near the implications of a platform that would, and a candidate, frankly, Joe Biden, who uh, is the leader of a ticket that, that represents a platform that believes that abortion should be okay all the way to the point of birth. And if, if Ralph Northam's um, comments, you know, on, on that radio program he was interviewed, the governor of Virginia was uh, interviewed about this and what happens if a baby's born and it's a botched abortion, the baby's born, what would you do? And the answer was, well, we'd keep the baby comfortable while the mother and the doctor discussed what to do next, implying that if the mother decided to terminate that baby outside the womb, he would support that. He was, you know, that to him was a sensible approach. Well, okay. Well, <laughs> if, if you're choosing to vote for that platform, that's what you're voting for, you know? And, and we, again, if we're going to apply a biblical worldview to this, we can't support that. That's not okay, you know? Um, and, you know, you can look at any number of issues. And, and when we recognize that if you're voting for a personality, you're missing the point. We need to vote about those things that best represent a biblical worldview because that biblical worldview is ultimately based upon what God has said, right? And if God is against that kind of thing, then we should not be voting for it doesn't mean every candidate on both sides or every person on either platform buys fully into that platform, but if that's what the platform generally stands for, then we should vote against that, and we should vote for those things that, that, that uh, better represent a biblical worldview, a righteous worldview. Um, as we've said before, you know, many, many Christians didn't vote in the last election because they didn't like Trump. They, they, they didn't want to vote for a Democrat necessarily. But they really couldn't vote for Trump because they didn't like him. Um, and, and so a lot of discussion followed after that. And frankly, a lot of Christians uh, kind of thought out loud about that whole mindset and everything and, and ultimately landed on the idea. Uh, and, I, and, and this I definitely agree with, is that we don't have perfect candidates to choose from. Uh, you know, neither one of the candidates is by any stretch perfect. Uh, neither candidate... Uh, is is free of the stain of corruption. Neither one is uh, free of the stain of vulgarity at some point. Uh, you know, both candidates have got lots of issues. But we've not been given perfect candidates to choose from. We've been given what we've been given. And so therefore we do our best to vote. And I would suggest more than just the personality or the person at the top of the ticket, but the platform itself. Uh, we vote for that platform which best represents our biblical worldview. Uh, and we do our best. You know, I can't help but think 
that um, Daniel was able to be a faithful servant of Nebuchadnezzar. Joseph was able to be a faithful servant of Potiphar and Pharaoh. Uh, They were able to maintain their integrity while serving non-believing leaders. I certainly think we could apply something of that to our voting. You know, we, we don't always have the best of all possible choices, but we can make the best choice with what we have. But we have to start by thinking biblically and voting Christianly. Uh, again, in the West, here in the United States in particular, we have the privilege of being involved in our politics. It's not the be-all, end-all of all things. Again, I've mentioned before, I'm a monarchist. I'm more than I'm ever a Republican or a Democrat. I'm waiting for Jesus to set up his kingdom. But until that happens, I've been given a responsibility to occupy myself with his purposes until he comes. And so I'll do my best to do that. And sometimes I have to make choices uh, that, that don't represent what my best ideal choice would be, but it represents the best choice that I can make with what I've been given to work with. Uh, and I'll borrow from Bonhoeffer here um, in, in regard to not voting. You know, to not vote is to vote. You know, to not speak is to speak. To not act is to act. Uh, I don't remember if you put it this way or not, but I almost want to make a t-shirt or something out of this, but it's inaction is action. Uh, you know, and, uh, you know, so I guess I would just leave it with this, and maybe I'll wrap here before I stick my foot in my mouth any further, but... Um, you know, if you feel so strongly that you can't vote for either candidate, again, if righteousness, uh, a righteous personality is your standard, neither one hits the mark. And so if you believe that you can't in good conscience vote for either one, then write in a third party candidate or something. Put a name down that, you know, will be your line in the sand and you can do that kind of a thing. I would say, though, that... Um, that again, because we have to do the best we can with what we have, let me just encourage you to thoughtfully enter the voting booth if you haven't already early voted. Uh, I'm one of those kind of nerds that likes to go on election day and all that kind of thing. So I'm going to go on Tuesday. But um, but thoughtfully and especially prayerfully, go into the voting booth and make a choice that you think best reflects your biblical worldview, not just the personality of the person on the top of the ticket, but the entire platform. Consider them both. Both platforms are easily uh, read about online. You can find the information about where they're coming from. So it comes down to the honesty that we bring into this. Do we really want to know what these groups stand for? Because if it means I vote differently than I want to vote right now in order to vote a biblical worldview, maybe I don't want to do that because I'm too comfortable voting the way I like to vote. Uh, Well, I would suggest that the times demand that we educate ourselves better than maybe we have before that we consider the times in which we're living uh, and that we vote in a way that honors the Lord to the best of our ability. Your conscience is your conscience. And so again, I'm not telling you who you have to vote for, uh, but, but just consider who you're voting for. Think through the issues and how you can best reflect your love for Jesus, your biblical worldview, your biblical perspective, and take that with you into the voting booth. Uh, again, these are just some thoughts off the top of my head that are nothing like how I the things I had to wrestle through in my mind because it's you know sometimes topics like this get really heated and I'll be honest with you you know one of the reasons I didn't post yesterday is because in my own heart again it just wasn't right I was uh, kind of frustratedly thinking through these issues and and uh, and some of the comments I've seen on on uh, on social media and that just really 
from Christians, I, I just thought were, were not thought out as thoroughly as, as I believed personally that I would want to think them out. And so I just, you know, at the risk of, of sounding too political, I just wanted to kind of post a brief, maybe this isn't quite so brief after all, but just a somewhat brief, uh, just some thoughts on the subject. Again, my intention is not to tell you how to vote. Um, I hope you will. I hope you will vote, though, and that you'll inform yourself on these things. But at the end of the day, uh, just remember that of all the issues, of all the uh, personally beneficial things that go into might, might go into your choice on how you're going to vote, uh, how you're going to vote, I would just encourage you one last time to take a biblical worldview with you into the voting booth, just like you would into any other arena of your life as a Christian. Your, your political persuasions and your views and your ideas um, should definitely weigh in to how you vote. And by the way, I'm not one of these that thinks either platform's got all the answers. Uh, I think both platforms could probably learn a few things from the other platform. So I'm not, um, you know, I'm not naive to that. Um, but again, I've got what I've got to work with. And so I'm going to vote the way that I think will best reflect my faith. And so anyway, just for what it's worth, just something to think about, something just to kind of uh, um, consider. And uh, um, anyway, there it is. So Father, we just thank you and praise you for the opportunities that you give us uh, here as Americans to participate in uh, in our politics, to be able to, um, you know, to have a voice uh, on those things as pertain to those who lead us and govern us. We know that ultimately it's you who establishes leaders. You set them up and you bring them down. Uh, Father, we do also understand that the world that we're living in right now is one that stands in so many points in stark contrast to the one that Jesus will one day set up. And as believers, we look forward with great anticipation to that time where questions and issues and, and struggles about voting and things like that will be no more. And Jesus himself will rule and reign. It'll be righteous. It'll be good. But Father, in the meantime, help us to the best of our ability to participate, uh, to take advantage of the privilege we've been given, to uh, use our voice uh, to ultimately promote those things that line up best with your heart, your perspective, your purposes, your will. And um, so, Father, we just commit this to you and pray that you would help us uh, to do these things and bring you honor through it and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, you may have comments or thoughts. You may agree or disagree with some of that. Uh, it wasn't my point to be disagreeable, but really just a prod thought. Um, you know, every time I put out something that has to do with politics, I try to be a little mindful that I don't stir things up unnecessarily. And I promise you, the only thing I'm really trying to stir up is thought. Uh, thought and prayer and a deeper consideration of these things, um, uh, a consideration of our opportunity and privilege to bring our love for Jesus into this area of our lives. And so, um, uh, so hopefully it's not too overtly political. Um, but, uh, but that said, obviously, uh, some may agree or disagree with what I've had to say. And if, by all means, if you want to interact on it, please feel free to comment below on our YouTube channel or on my personal website at uh, parsonspad.com. Or as always, you can email me there at, at that website, parsonspad.com, or on our church's website at calvarychapelfranklin.com. And uh, I'll encourage you again to educate yourself on the ideas, pray about it. You know, what's our pep talk uh, sort of motto is pray, educate, and participate. 
Uh, so give it to the Lord and then go do your civic duty. So God bless you. Thanks for watching. And uh, next time we'll be back in Colossians chapter three. Thanks. God bless you.